Hello and welcome to the Every Woman podcast. I'm Anna, editor of Every Woman, and every month we'll be bringing you the stories, insights and opinions of inspiring women in business on a wide range of topics, asking the questions you want the answers to, and doubtless prompting some more in the process. Today we're looking at the digital world and specifically how it's changing the world of business and how businesses communicate with and engage their audiences. And we're doing that with digital and social media strategist Tiffany St. James. Welcome to the studio, Tiffany. Thank you so much, Anna. I'm delighted to be here today. So, Tiffany, you've worn many digital hats in your time. Uh, you were head of public participation for the UK government, which is social media arm. You are an executive board member of Beamer, advisor to Google's Digital Academy, and now founder of Transmute, a consultancy that helps embed corporate digital capability. So, given all of that, I read that one of your aims is to help Britain become a digital powerhouse, and obviously business is key to that. So are all businesses effectively digital businesses now? I'm always surprised where I find digital is still an add-on. You sometimes experience that in more legacy businesses, some of the older businesses, more traditional businesses, organisations that perhaps have been around for 100 years or so. Yes, I do believe that digital is elemental and fundamental to every business in this day and age. But I'm always surprised when you find that actually digital is a secondary thought and it is more in legacy businesses, is more integrated elsewhere, communications, advertising, public relations, organisations that have communications fundamentally at their heart are always more up to speed digitally. So, I mean, does it require a mind shift for big organisations who might be doing digital inverted commas, but they're not embedding? I mean, embedding is a very key word, isn't it? How do you embed a a digital uh, aspect to your business? Well, it comes fundamentally down to culture, really, and trying to embed more of a culture of innovation rather than a culture of digital. So looking fundamentally at a business. Now, when we look at embedding processes or programs, if you like, we look at the people, the process and the technology. So it's actually recruiting and bringing into the business the people with the right mindset. But actually, you know, your inherent workforce as it is, helping them on a journey of cultural and behaviour change towards better digital outcomes for the business and a better understanding of digital. And there's all kinds of programmes that, you know, can put that into a business, particularly. Looking at the processes, so really looking at actually what are the systems, the ways in which that we need to embed digital within a business structure, and also the technology, what the technology stack you're using to be able to help you deliver your business objectives. Because I think a lot of people focus on the the sort of the bells and whistles, the actual technology, but it's the people that make the technology work, isn't it? You're absolutely right. And I've often found in many digital transformation programs, it, the leader from on high might call out uh, the new digital program or the new digital ethos of a business, but it's fundamentally driven by the people in a business. So is that reading some of the things you've written? You talk of social media business intelligence. How do you know if your company has that? And is it the people? Is it the processes? What is the key definition of that? Well, I think actually, if you look at um, uh, social media listening or business intelligence kind of underpinned by digital or social media, what you're really doing is using social media to listen to your customers, but also to your detractors, who are the people who are not engaged <laughs> with your brand and product and company, because it's not just about brand and marketing. It's, of course, about corporate reputation. But more than that, 
are you doing something with the results? Because uh, it's it's more than just um, understanding why you should listen, how you should listen, and the tools and the technology to be able to do that. It's it's fundamentally kind of one of the first things that um, uh, PR marketing and your communications divisions are more au fait with. But actually, it should also be the HR team using social business intelligence and listening to understand how their talent programs are being received or perhaps how their employer branding is going down, if you like. It's absolutely fundamental in customer service now. People uh, want to be able to get quick messages to you on a platform of their choice, not through your traditional channels. It's fundamental in the sales nurturing process. We've seen, therefore, the impact on internal communications using more collaborative, uh, social, um, internal platforms to be able to communicate, particularly across cultural boundaries or geographical locations. And and, uh, we've already uh, mentioned and talked about kind of fundamental to underpinning digital marketing um, and that using that learning, amending and adapting really are the are the ways in which that we uh, talk about it in a business context. So, uh, in essence, the digital age has given us an unparalleled way to get feedback. And if we're not um, doing anything with that feedback, then we are really missing a trip. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you find that organisations most commonly get wrong in terms of using that feedback? So, uh, a lot of times they're listening, but uh, not doing anything with it. <laughs> so one of the fundamental uh, premises of the People Data Center that Unilever set up was what are the big questions that we should be listening to for our uh, products, but also who are the people that will put this into action was kind of fundamental to part of the pro- processes. So um, people are getting it wrong. Actually, there are some organizations that are getting it wrong in ethos. The business is lacking in empathy. Mm-hmm. People who are, I don't know, trying to make a quick buck, so to speak. Um, you'll have seen many cases that are kind of poor social media is really kind of called out and pointed to. But actually organizations uh, are, are getting it wrong. Really, if they're, uh, they're listening for the wrong thing um, or they're listening with the wrong intent. So what would that thing be to listen there, it, there is an organisation that will remain nameless for the <laughs> purposes best, of yes. this. <laughs> that uh, when Arab Spring was happening said, oh, they must have seen our sales. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or no. 101 things. So that's that's the example of, if you like, trying to make um, uh, a quick topical uh, comment, lighthearted, when there's actually a really serious situation going on. So that's the wrong kind of ethos. And I guess listening for the wrong thing, some, some organisations are listening just about brand and marketing, which should be really looking at corporate reputation right and I mean you know is it a case that I mean that's pretty tone deaf the example that you gave <laughs> <laughs> and actually now you're saying that I can think of other examples yes there you, go. Um, <laughs> and, you know is it a case of them just being behind the curve or or is it you know I mean obviously the nature of social media is, is ever and fast evolving it's evolving as we speak Obviously, they are tone deaf, but is it then just not quite catching up with the nuances of what they're doing? Or yes, and I think that's fundamentally because the leaders of the business, or the even the uh, people running specific teams, aren't hands deep in it themselves. Because I think if you're using a platform, you understand the nuance of how that platform works. Is the social audience changing? Obviously, social media is changing all the time, but you know, is the audience changing? And and how, what are the new sort of parameters for engagement? 
or successful engagement rather? Sure, absolutely. Oh, I think the audience is changing. I think people today are um, certainly, uh, as a whole, if you like, uh, certainly more savvy. People are cautious about where they spend their clicks, mm. <laughs> even though it costs them nothing. <laughs> you, you're having, therefore, the advent of more private groups. Um, so the advent and the rise of messaging groups, you know, the WhatsApp, where people can collaborate and take kind of, you know, smaller uh, groups of information rather than broadcast. People are more concerned about the privacy within that. But I think people are um, generally, uh, because of the proliferation of uh, social media platforms and because of the adoption rate of uh, social media platforms was it one in 13 people on facebook on the planet for example therefore people are a a little bit more uh, aware and understanding of uh, the power actually of being able to collaborate find uh, put pressure on organizations and with that i think has created organizations having to be more transparent and having to be more open and accountable because uh, everything's out in the open Privacy is an interesting one, uh, especially with the GDPR that's going on at the moment. What's your What's your viewpoint on the way that we can use the feedback, but also respect privacy? Well, it's quite interesting. We've been uh, looking at it for a few years, so we have a, a number of organisations that fundamentally how kind of trust has changed. So, uh, Edelman do a trust barometer every year on the types of organizations and uh, roles that people have within them and who are the roles most trusted. And for the last, they've been running this tracking survey for over five years. And the roles within an organization that were the most trusted were a technical expert or a, you know, a specialist. And the third most trusted individual was a person like yourself. And that changed last year for the first time to be as trusted as a technical expert. And that means that where people are getting their information from mm-hmm. and uh, certainly around buying decisions is, is hugely more influential than ever it was. And therefore, uh, how organizations uh, engage with uh, people and engage with influencers particularly is much more on a kind of personal level. People want to have information from people like themselves rather than from perhaps more traditional kind of brand-led advertising. I mean, obviously, influencers, that's a really interesting point. They they are more prevalent in certain sectors than others. Do you ever foresee a, a time where they will become the sort of third-party interface for businesses that perhaps are more traditional? I don't know, something like banking. Could you have an influencer in banking? I certainly think so. I certainly think so. And I, I bet there are influencers today already <laughs> in banking. It's there not probably just, are, yes. Just perhaps not um, people I engage with. But... Um, Yes, I think we've seen the rise of the more of a micro-influencer, certainly in the last 12 to 18 months, whereas actually influencers were people who, are, who owned large communities, had big social presence and big platforms, and uh, celebrities as well, and celebrity endorsement, particularly in things like sports sponsorship, has always been a huge part of kind of more traditional marketing communications. And now actually people want people with a smaller following, people very much more like themselves, not in an aspirational lifestyle, but people that they can relate to much more. So we've seen the rise and growth of um, influencer agencies as well as people directly approaching influencers. Now, the laws and regulations that kind of rule what people can say uh, on their social platforms, whether they're on a paid basis or not, but we'll see this industry grow and grow. Are we entering a phase of a trust economy then in terms of the digital world? I, well, I think we've already entered it. And I think certainly 
we've seen with uh, the rules and regulations around GDPR, we've seen recently on the news what's happened to Facebook and people being more click savvy and people are more than protective of their own kind of data and their own privacy and actually reaching out to or looking for people who they identify much more similarly than they ever have before. So coming back to social media in particular, is there a difference between the way that men and women use social media and view it? Uh, than than men, for example. Yes, yes. exactly. Then in a, in a, in a you know in in the business engagement. Yes, I think so. So we've seen uh, a much heavier predominance for women to use uh, forums, for example. If you think of perhaps Mums Net, Net Mums, Channel Mums Now for Work, kind of the millennial platform to uh, look at how women want to ask questions of other women behind a closed door, or certainly within a more private forum, to be able to understand what other women's experiences are to be able to kind of help their, their lives. So we've seen a kind of, you know, a, a female predominance in particular kind of forums with uh, not necessarily closed doors, but at least a kind of a wall behind them so that it's not necessarily all open. And I think the nature of women particularly, not to generalise too much, is, is more collaborative and more to be able to ask questions. So we've seen those trends certainly. What do you think the new trends will be in terms of how... Uh collaborative conversations start to happen what's the next big thing if i knew the next big thing i'd be in hawaii <laughs> <laughs> obviously you can tell me after secretly <laughs> what have we seen we've seen we've seen a huge rise in messaging apps certainly yes whatsapp what's happening slack that you, you mentioned mm-hmm. as well so and workforce messaging apps so to be able to communicate at speed um, with individuals um, and with groups within a corporate environment I think is super interesting to be able to see that we've seen uh, more kind of private networks start where you've got a, a limited number of people that you connect with uh, we've obviously seen the huge growth in emojis we're looking with interest <laughs> of where that goes <laughs> We developed, I don't know what, uh, 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 pictograms, went to writing, and now we're back to now emojis. Now we're back to pictograms. <laughs> Archaeologists will have a field day. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But we, we've seen, actually, a younger audience growing up more um, technically savvy um, and uh, have more considerations in privacy. Um, with uh, And our, our, uh, a younger generation of the group that everyone kind of lumps into millennials so your generation z are kind of you know people who are kind of 19 or so being uh using social platforms to collaborate uh with individuals around their own social ideas which i think is hugely interesting they are born not just in the advent of the internet but the advent of when social media is incredibly sophisticated and using that for their own personal entertainment live streaming on netflix and youtube and and actually they will grow up to uh, automatically collaborate with people not just within the confines of a corporate structure this this kind of generation people are super interested in because they're gonna be our leaders and you know you know 20 years or so and actually they'll get into perhaps some of the more legacy corporate structures and people say we've done it this way here and they'll say no no (laughs) we're (laughs) doing it this way way and we think that they'll change um uh, business government and fundamentally the way that business behaves because they're more collaborative by nature because that's how they've been uh, that's how they've grown up 
I mean, obviously you can see the change coming over the hill, but is there a sense that intergenerational differences between the way that we use social media, the way that we understand it? I mean, I remember getting onto Facebook in 2007. It was a big thing. It was so exciting. Uh, and yet the young people, the young people that I know when we caught dead on Facebook, um, that's obviously a social, you know, a very social thing. It's not a business thing, but you know, it, even with the WhatsApp groups versus the slacks and the, you know, there, is there a sense that us older generation are a little bit more, uh, set in our ways and is that to our detriment how can we keep up with the millennials uh, well I think certainly I think we experienced something that um, it was new to us you know social networking and social platforms and, and our generation have grown up with that um, in the way in which that we use it and it's really interesting to see a generation below us in terms of how they're using technology and uh, collaboration that's so different but uh, you know they're on different platforms. So they'll be on Snapchat and they'll be on Tumblr. Now, I have no inclination to be um, necessarily hands deep in both of those channels for my personal communication. So it's not a question of catching up. But one of the things that, that I think it's absolutely right and fundamental is, is for every generation to understand what are the channels and how people are using them. They can make informed decisions about how they might use them or incorporating them into their lives. Uh, you know, particularly if you are uh, a mother, you have younger children, and it's not good enough to say, oh, well, they didn't have it my day or I'm not going to use that. It's to take the time and trouble to understand what they're using and how they're using because despite the way in which technology is used as some fundamental principles in communication that I think, you know, stand. And growing up and kind of working in marketing communications really before digital lends well to what is your objective, who's your audience, is the right channel for that, is your audience on that channel, and all, those, all that smart thinking and business sense. We see time and time again that there are brilliant um, savvy millennials using technology, but actually missing perhaps some of the uh, business underpinning. And I think working together in a workforce across those generations can produce magnificent results. You slightly preempted my question, but I was going to ask about if, you know, with the proliferation of platforms and channels and, you know, the, the cacophony is only going to get louder. How does a business create a digital strategy that really um, catches all of those in a big net or do they not are we talking about again you talked about the micro influencers are we talking about sort of really targeted audiences and savvy again you said fundamental principles really thinking strategically rather than getting bamboozled by the amount of digital work out there it's not information overload it's filter failure. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> so it's Clay Shirky, as far back as a decade ago, a, a, a big thinker from the States on um, uh, the rise of uh, internet and communications. Um, essentially, businesses in the future should have perhaps more transparent walls and to be more connected to kind of customers and advocates, but not as the supplier-customer uh, relationship, but actually... Uh, with audience-centered design, to work in collaboration, to uh, work with customer groups to really understand their needs, to be able to better serve them. Now, that can be enhanced and enabled, obviously, through kind of digital and social media. So it's not about being all things to all people. It's not necessarily about the super, super micro-targeting. Uh, it is more about understanding fundamental customer needs. Now, you can do that in some ways by social listening and digital media um, listening by understanding what's being said 
uh, by your customers. But fundamentally, it doesn't have to be all be online uh, to be able to have that information, but to have a real understanding of customer need is fundamental. Okay, last big catch-all question. Um, I mean, obviously, Hawaii notwithstanding, there must be, uh, you know, trends that are moving forward in terms of the way in which businesses embody their digital strategy and social media. And, you know, a sense that the future will change perhaps in the next five, ten years, perhaps even before then. What is the biggest trend that you see that will impact businesses in terms of digital strategy and the digital world? Uh, well, certainly the advent of AI, right? artificial intelligence and how businesses can uh, understand how AI can help support the business in collaboration with humans, not in replacement <laughs> of the job, to be able to, uh, to, be able to make better informed uh, decisions that require, I don't know, an amazing amount of data crunching, for example, or being able to understand things at speed, to be able to uh, serve more people um, fundamentally at a lower level automatically of just service needs, where we've seen the advent of the rise of chatbots, for example, so that people are kind of used to be able to put some information in and get some direct uh, response back. And now, of course, with the advent of AI and the you know super fast learning and the machine learning, uh, that uh, these uh, technologies have the capability to do is going to free people up to be more creative. And uh, we're obviously kind of really excited about this. There's uh, a few naysayers that ruin all of our jobs and leave all, all our jobs. Apocalyptic. You know, people said that about email. People said that about social media. Well, they'll get all these messages out there. How will I be able to communicate with people? Well, hopefully embrace AI, I would compel, and see how it can better serve your business. Fantastic. Tiffany, it's been a real pleasure having you with us. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for inviting me, and I've really enjoyed it. And thank you all for joining us as well on this Every Woman podcast. And we look forward to continuing the conversation with you next time. Don't forget, in the meantime, there's a wealth of information, interest and further talking points on the Every Woman network and app if you want to access on the move. So until we meet again, have a great day and keep on living your best life.